Hello, 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 hello. This is this is R.C. Blakes, and I am so excited again to be able to share with you today. Yeah. Now, um, kind of going off of the beaten path today, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about long-distance dating and relationships. I know that's a little different subject for me, but so many people are asking about it. How do we deal with long-distance relationships? Are long-distance relationships something that um, is viable? Uh, what are the what are the the do's and don't don'ts? What are the rules for long-distance relationships? I want to deal with that today in our discussion. So I'll be back in just a minute. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Now I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. I really, 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 really am, uh, because I believe that this is a subject that um, you know is just current. You know, I, I guess my age and <clears throat> being a person that's been married for 26 years, um, I guess sometimes you know I'm out of touch. So I try my best to listen to the outcry of this generation and one of the things that you've been constantly asking me about is my take on you know things like um, internet dating long-distance relationships should I pursue this shouldn't I pursue this and so I've had to do some uh, some thinking about it you know I've had to do some thinking about it and I have a few things that I've come up with that I want to share with you today. Now, the first thing that I would say to you is that you have to know the difference between a long-distance relationship from a long-distance interest. There's a, there's a big difference between a relationship and um, just someone that you may be interested in and they may or may not be interested in you on certain levels. I think too often we we assume things, you know what I mean? Uh, we assume things for, uh, for unspoken, uncommunicated reasons. Just because you went and you had sex with the person, that doesn't make that a relationship. It just means that you had sex that um, probably was ill-advised, more than likely ill-advised, probably definitely ill-advised. And so you leave away from that experience assuming that, well, I have a relationship now with somebody that's in New York and I'm in Los Angeles because we had sex. Sex does not make a relationship. 
Sex is uh, associated with relations, but it is not a relationship. And so I think you have to first get very, very clear on what this is. Is this just an interest? You know, are we um, sexually attracted to one another? Uh, what are our, you know, what are are our individual values? Are we just going to hook up whenever we see one another, or, or, or are we expecting more of ourselves and out of life than that? What is this? Is this a relationship, or is this just an exploration? You know, are we trying to figure out what this is? Because it's not, it's really not a relationship until it has been declared by both parties. Now, a lot of you, you know, you, you, you just make the assumption that you're in a relationship even with people that are in your same city because, you know, y'all talk a lot, y'all had sex, and nobody's ever said, well, we're exclusive, you know what I mean? Um, I'm your man, you're my woman, or you're my man, I'm your woman. Uh, we are in a relationship. What does that relationship look like? Are we, is it an open relationship? What does this relationship look like? This is a generation that has um, lost the ability to communicate, seemingly. And uh, we just assume things, and then we get our feelings hurt when we continue to invest, 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 invest. And then when it all blows up and the person says, well, I, I was never in a relationship with you, we're left there with our mouths hanging open. So it's better to over-communicate. Because the Bible says in Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? So I hear you calling it a relationship, but what is that other person calling it? You know, you're saying I'm in a long-distance relationship uh, because y'all had sex last summer, but what is the other person, what is the other party calling this thing you all have? Because a lot of times you're not on the same page, and you'll discover that when you... You know, when you really get the courage and the nerve to, to have the, the conversation where you ask the questions where you could possibly get answers that may hurt your feelings, it's far better to get, you know, answers that would uh, hurt your feelings sooner than later. It's better to get those answers before you waste your life and years of your life thinking that this is ultimately going to end up somewhere that it's not ever, ever, ever going to go. So what is it? Is it a relationship or is it just uh, an exploration of interest? Now, let me, let me start this discussion today with potential advantages in long-distance um, dating or long-distance relationships. Some potential advantages. And, and honestly, I've never really put much thought uh, into this. I really think this is my first time you know, devoting uh, an entire discussion or lesson on long-distance dating because I've never really thought about it. Um, yeah, I've never really thought about it. Now, so some potential advantages in long-distance dating or long-distance relationships would be number one. Now listen to this one very carefully because, you know, this is going to be a revelation for a lot of you. Sometimes you have to change geography to change psychology. I hear a lot of women in the South say, oh, you know, um, there are no men here. 
there are no men here. I can't, I can't find anybody that I'm, you know, uh, in sync with. I hear women in, you know, on the East Coast. No men here. And I hear women on the West Coast. No men here. Um, and the reality sometimes is that you just have to change your geography because with shifting geography comes a shift in psychology and sometimes you're relegated to a pool of people that are not on your same frequency and so sometimes that means that um, you have to not become cynical about the whole and entire dating process but sometimes you have to consider expanding your you know your reach because sometimes you have to change the geography to change psychology so sometimes you find a person that really connects with you on a soul level in a whole different you know area of the country or even in a different part of the world you have to be open to that you can't be so um, boxed in and narrow-minded that you limit yourself to these these little uh, boxes and if he's if he's not if I can't find him in this little box um, you know I, I'm not open well you know you've already shot yourself in the foot before the race started because many people are victims of fishing from the same pool and continuously catching the same kind sometimes you need to launch out into the deep you know here you are um, a shark that has wandered too close to shore and you're swimming you just swimming around the shore and you know you're forgetting that there's a whole big ocean out there or maybe someone dropped you off there close to the shore and you just constantly swimming around the shore and here you are a shark and all you see are these little fish and you're trying to find somebody that's comparable to you and you just constantly swimming up and down the shore and you're complaining because all they have here you know are these little fish I have nothing in common with these little fish sometimes you just need to increase your reach step out of your comfort zone and you know shift your geography travel I encourage single people to travel 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 not just to go and take pictures of food and all of this kind of thing but if you're if you're interested in a relationship pay attention to the people listen have the conversations become a conversationalist if that's a word but become a person that's open to talking and become a, an approachable person because when you when you go to different areas and you talk to other people sometimes you discover people that connect with you on the soul level that you can't find in your own hometown because sometimes you're a shark that's kind of been dropped off at the shore and what you need to do is you know swim out further and go into the deeper waters and then you'll start seeing fish that look just like you they may not even be sharks but they're comparable you know what I mean you have more in common and then you eventually meet another shark you know way out there now uh, so you know one so one of the advantages with long-distance uh, dating or relationships is that 
ge shift in geography sometimes creates a connection uh, in psychology or philosophy. Sometimes you have to go to another geographical area to find someone that's um, on your level or can do it for you internally. See, you're fooling yourself if you think that just somebody that can move you sexually or somebody that looks good to your eyes is enough. That's never going to fulfill you. Sex only lasts for a few minutes at best. The little thrill is for a few seconds, and that's over. What are you going to do with the, the bulk of that other time? You have to have someone that really connects with you on a soul level. You, you have to have someone that knows how to make love to your mind. Come on now. And, and for, to find that, sometimes you have to leave you know, your familiar place. Stop fishing in the same pond. Stop swimming around the shore and launch out a little deeper. Some of you have never done that. And, you know, you, you've, you've, you, some of you all have been locked within a 50-mile radius all of your life, and you say, there are no good men out here in the world. <laughs> you've barely gotten out of your neighborhood. There are no good men out here in the world. You know, I mean, launch out into the deep. I love this text with uh, King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings chapter 10 verses 1 through 5 talking about sometimes you got to shift your geography to find the comparable psychology and it says here and when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord she came to prove him with hard questions she came from a, a far land and she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones and when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And watch this. And Solomon told her all her questions. He answered all of her questions. And there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and all the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Some, you know, translate that as saying she fainted, but whatever it is, chick was blown away. But she had to travel to find a man that could blow her mind. Good God Almighty. She had, she had to travel a distance to locate a man that could blow her mind, a man that could answer the questions that only queens would ask. And the Bible says when he got through, all of her questions were answered. Sometimes you have to, sometimes the, one of the benefits of long distance dating or relationships is that you, you really find the person that does it for you internally. Now it's convenient to have someone close Maybe, you know what I mean? But in terms of uh, long-term potential, um, if you find someone on the other side of the country that really connects with you on a spiritual and soulish level, uh, and you do the same for them, that's something that y you, you, can't just, um, you can't just ignore or you know, do away with because of something as minute as miles or distance, their airplanes, their cars, you know what I mean? Now the second, uh, one of the second advantages of 
uh, having a long distance relationship is that distance allows space for individuality which is mandatory distance allows space for individuality um, because one of the key contributors to marital breakdown is is overload overcrowding it's when we expect the other person to make us happy to fulfill us and we just all over one another all of the time and we don't give one another the space to breathe as individuals I believe one of the keys to Lisa and I um, you know maintaining a, a healthy and happy marriage marriage is that we, we we give one another space to be individuals and to breathe you know you could say one one might say before uh, the pa pandemic of 2020 and before the world was shut down and my life was normal and I was traveling you, you might say that Lisa and I had somewhat of a long-distance marriage because sometimes I was gone um, more than half of the month away from Lisa and we would you know communicate she she had her responsibilities her things she was doing and you know it gave her time to dive into all of the responsibilities she had it gave me time to do all the things I needed to do and when we came back together we were always excited to be together because everybody believe it or not needs that space for individuality and a lot of marriages are failing because they're smothering one another so sometimes one of the advantages of a long-distance relationship is that you have the ability to compartmentalize your life and uh, to segment your time you know properly you can you can dedicate certain time to uh, nurturing your relationship by using technology video conferencing telephone calls visits or whatever but you also have the time to dive into your vision your career and to invest yourself wholeheartedly into that you have time to nurture your friendships when you have a long distance relationship because distance allows space for individuality which is mandatory for any person's fulfillment you can have the greatest person in the world if you're smothered by them and you don't have a wisdom to understand that you know sometimes you need to go somewhere by yourself and <laughs> let me leave that alone listen to what Luke chapter 10 and verse 27 says and he answering said thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself here's the divine order of love loving God first out of your love for God allowing God to teach you or to give you a love for yourself and out of your love for yourself developing a love for your neighbor loving your neighbor as you love yourself you can't love anyone else beyond uh, your capacity to love you so here's what I call the divine order of a healthy individual love for God love for self and then love for others the foundation is God the next level is self-love and then the level after that is love for another 
But God gives us value and identity. Self-love gives us peace and fulfillment. And then our love for others creates partnerships and productivity. And so when there's a long-distance relationship, you get a chance to really put things in divine order. You get to, you get to love God out of your love for God. You, 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 you develop a self-love, and then out of your self-love, you make room for somebody else in your life. Many times people who are in the same space are, you know, um, expecting one another to be to them what only God can be. And expecting, you know, one another to bring a fulfillment and a happiness to each other that has to come from within them. When the relationship is long distance, it's like you're automatically pushed into this place where you have to learn how to put God in his proper place. Let God teach you how to love yourself because now you can't overdose on someone else. And then out of that healthy context, now you nurture a relationship with someone else. Because distance allows space for you to breathe. You don't realize you need to breathe. But breathing is very important. Because again, many marriages are successful because it's constructed in a way that regularly allows personal space regularly allows personal space. Now just for those of you that are married or anticipating getting married, don't let anybody take and put a cookie cutter model on your relationship. Every relationship is its own fingerprint. What works for Lisa and I is not going to necessarily specifically work for you. You're going to have to find your particular fingerprint or your particular you know, approach to, to marriage. But one thing I will say is that whatever your model is, you're going to have to make space for one another to breathe. And you're going to have to make space for one another to uh, grow in your individuality. You see, a marriage is made up of two holes. You know the illustration I use, the pair of shoes. It's not apparent that there's a whole left shoe and a whole right shoe. Then you put the two together. Now they become something together they never were apart. But it has to be a whole right shoe and a whole left shoe to make a whole pair. And so, you know, long distance relationships gives each of you the opportunity to become whole in your own right. And then when the appointed time comes, you come together not as a half and a third or half and a fourth, but you come together as two holes making a what? Whole marriage or a whole relationship. Now, uh, number three, distance allows infatuation to burn off rather quickly. Distance allows infatuation to burn off rather quickly. Now, infatuation is this intense um, feeling of, you know, attraction, being drawn to someone. And infatuation is quite often mistaken for love. You know, infatuation can feel like it's the real deal. You know, this is the real deal, Holyfield. I finally got 
you know, I, I finally got my soulmate. Now you've only known this person for three hours, and now you're in the middle of the bed having a, you know, an encounter, and all of a sudden you feel like you have met your one for life. You don't even know this person. And it, but the, the sad thing about infatuation is that it usually lasts only a short time. It's emotional and it's highly self-centered. You know, uh, infatuation is based on what, what I want, what I need, you know what I mean? Uh, when we are infatuated, we have that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, my mind is blown, you know, I'm, oof. It's this euphoria, it's this toxic euphoria that makes everything, you know, it, it just ha it's like an adrenaline rush. It's like the endorphins are flowing and it's like a drug. You feel so happy in the moment. You just carefree and you're just ready to do anything. But infatuation cares little about the needs or even the best interest of its object. It only wants the feeling to continue. Now sometimes infatuation works out and it turns into something long term. It turns into love, but more times than not, it just turns into, it just becomes a, a one night stand or a, a fleeting uh, interest and then you, you move on and you know, you just add to your body count. Because infatuation is not enough to sustain a relationship. And one of, the, one of the benefits of a long distance relationship is that it gives you the opportunity to burn off the infatuation to see if this is actually real. If this is really made of the kind of stuff that marriages are made of, that, you know, real relationships are made of. In Jeremiah 17 and 9 it says, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, there's, there's something within all of us that can fool us. And we can, you know, there's a way that seems right, the Bible says, but the end are the ways of death. But when there's distance, you get a chance to see if it's just lust or is this a real connection? Because if it's a real connection, um, the person is not really going to leave your thoughts. You know, the, even though you may be separated by, by miles and by space, by states and maybe even by countries, um, there will be this constant reaching for one another. You know what I mean? Um, you, you can't develop a long-term connection on looks or, you know, or touch. That's, you know, still talking about the advantage of, of long-distance relationships. It allows the infatuation to burn off because when you're in the same space, many times you develop this attraction to one another based on the way you look, based on you know, touching one another or, or the sex and you get kind of carried away with the euphoria of those um, sensual experiences. But when, when there's distance, you, you, can't, you can't overdose on looks and touch. 
Now your connection, if it's sustainable, it's based on the heart of the person. You are attracted to the mind of the person. You're attracted to the spirit of the person. That's the glue that's holding you together. You, are, you two are actually connecting and maintaining a connection based on your inner qualities and not this um, surface level stuff like looks and touch and all of that kind of thing and overdosing on sex and what have you. Now, the fourth thing I'll say to you relative to um, advantages of a long-distance relationship is that distance allows you to hear each other differently. Distance, see, when we're in, in one another's presence, and this is, I think this is true across the board of all of us who are in relationships where we are physically together, a lot of stuff we miss because we, we, take, we take for granted that I'm here because I'm here. Because we're physically present, you know, we're here. But a lot of times we're here physically and we're not here, you know, uh, spiritually or um, emotionally or intellectually. How many times are, you know, Lisa and I talking to one another and we're not really hearing one another? We got the, the thing doing that. Well, it's, it's, the irony is when I'm away, you know, traveling or she's traveling and we talk to one another, it's like the, in, you know, the intensity of hearing goes up because distance allows us to hear each other differently. Distance demands discernment. I can't see you, so I, can't, I cannot rely on uh, the way you look to tell me how you are. Now I have to really pay attention to what you're saying. People in long distance relationships, I believe, may actually hear one another better than people who sleep in the same bed together. Because there's no room to take anything for granted. First John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many folk try the spirits, discern, Go deeper. Don't just stop at the surface, but go deeper into the soul and the spirit of the person. When there's distance between the two, you have to hear one another differently and you have to discern. So many times people in long distance relationships pick up on something that the other party is going through when people who are in the same bed are missing it every night. Now, let's look at... Um, imperatives for long-distance dating. If you're going to do this, let's look at some imperatives for long-distance dating and then I'll be out of your hair for today. These are things that are, I believe, mandatory. These are just some of my things from my list. Um, I'm no expert. I'm just, I'm just, you know, speaking here out of uh, wisdom and um, just life experiences and just putting myself in a position of if I were doing you know a long distance relationship what would be some of the things that would be imperative mandatory what are some of the things that are absolutes number one we must master communication we cannot have a long distance relationship and, um, you know, miss it on the communication level. 
if if I'm going to be in New Orleans and 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 uh, Lisa's going to be in Canada, we're going to have to master the communication. We're going to have to make make it clear relative to what's on our hearts. Why? Because when you have distance between you, it's very easy to assume. It's very easy for the devil to play with your minds. So you're going to have to communicate all of your heart in a way that the other person gets it. You see, only one part of communication is talking. The greater part of communication is making certain that you talk in a way or communicate in a way that the other, por other party that's important to you can really comprehend it and understand it. You've not communicated just because you said it. Sometimes you have to say it again in a way that the other party really gets it. And sometimes in the process of communicating, especially, well, long distance and even if you're, you're you know, physically together, is to say something and then ask the other person to repeat to you what they heard you say in their terms. Not in the same words, but in their terms. What did you hear me say? To make certain that they understood because... If a, if a relationship is going to work, period, especially long distance, communication between the two of you must be mastered. And mastered does not mean uh, perfected. There's no such thing as perfect communication. We, we all miscommunicate at times, but we have to get to a level where our communication is so solid that uh, nothing can... Um, you know, impact us to the point that it creates confusion between us. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 7, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. That's the aim of, of communication, understanding. Do you understand me? You know what I mean? Do you do you really get me? Do you really do you really get me? Are you feeling what I'm saying? Now there are a few things that I've listed under communication and it starts off with letter A, listening. You gotta listen. If you're going to be successful at a long distance relationship, you must listen. You, you, you can't continue to interrupt. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to allow me to speak and let me finish what I'm saying. And then when I'm done, you speak and I have to shut up and let you finish what you're saying. Now, I'm not judging you at this point because these are things that I have to struggle with. You know, there are times that I'm, you know, in such a hurry to say what's on my mind that I'll interrupt and then I'll catch myself and I realize that that's rude. It's not only rude, but it's unproductive because if I never allow you to finish what you're saying, I can't understand what's on your heart. If I can't understand what's on your heart, how are we going to be able to really stay in sync together? So there are times that I'll interrupt, you know, I'll break in and interrupt Lisa or, you know, anybody that I'm in relationship with and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Please finish. You know, that's a habit I'm breaking myself out of. Because the aim of communication is understanding, but you can't understand if you you can't understand me if you're not listening to me, and you're not listening to me if you just picked up on 
something I said in the beginning, a sound bite that I said in the beginning, and the whole while I'm talking for the next three, four, five minutes, you sitting there thinking about your rebuttal to the statement I made in the beginning, and you heard none of the other stuff I said. Uh, you know, for the for the next three or four minutes, you have you don't have the full context because you did not listen. And then the next thing in terms of communication is transparency. When you have distance between the two of you, there's no room for um, murky, nebulous-like uh, communication. Uh, it has to be clear. It has to be transparent. It has to be honest. You know what I mean? You, you, have, to, you have to put it all on the table. You have to listen and then you have to be transparent about where you are and about uh, you know where your where your heart is what's on your mind you have to be transparent the third thing or let us see under you know mastering communication is compromise um, sometimes you have to agree to disagree sometimes it doesn't need to go your way you know sometimes you just have to compromise sometimes you know it's better to compromise than the, than, than to allow the whole relationship to go into a dark place and possibly jeopardize the longevity of the relationship over something many times that is negligible. It's not even important, in other words. All of this is a part of communication. Or, and then, then of course, and under mastering communication is, is um, problem solving. When you have issues, uh, figuring out how to get to the resolution rather than just you know, um, boisterously exhibiting your, um, you know, lack of appreciation for whatever he or she did, make that known, but let's figure out how to solve the problem. Let's not just, you know, you can't maintain a long distance relationship where somebody said something that hurts your feelings and rather than getting to the point of solving the problem, you just go, you ghost them for three or four days trying to passively, aggressively hurt them. Well, how far do you think that relationship is going to go? If, 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 if I said something to hurt your feelings, well, you need to tell me because we can't solve the problem until we you know, uh, confront the problem. Tell me that I hurt your feelings. Don't have me out here not even realizing I hurt your feelings and, and now, you, you know, you're ghosting me and, and I don't know why and, and I'm like, well, you know, to Hades with it, I ain't got time for this and now we got all of this unnecessary drama when effective communication says, deal with the problem. These are things that even those of y'all are sleeping in the same bed together you know, we quite often, many times, flunk in this, putting myself and Lisa in this situation as well. So imperatives for long distance dating, master communication. Number two, your money's going to have to be right. There's no need in you thinking that you're going to be able to nurture a long distance relationship broke. There's no, there's, I mean, I'm sorry. And I know some of you all don't agree with that. And I mean, you got your right. I'm not right about everything. I don't know everything, but it's my opinion. That if, if, if we're going to really be able to nurture a long-distance relationship, you know, I mean, a, a real, I'm not talking about a relationship where you can drive an hour to get to somebody, but I'm talking about like, you know, and even driving an hour have it, has its challenges. But I'm talking about, a, you know, distance. You're going to have to have some money. You can't be out here broke talking about you're going to nurture a long-distance relationship. 
How can you pop up and surprise somebody, you in New York and they in L.A.? How are you going to pop up and surprise somebody for their birthday and, and you can't even pay your rent? How are you going to afford the phone bill? Come on now. How are you going to do visits? You're going to have to get your money right, which brings me to another thing that I believe is just my belief. It's not Bible. Well, maybe it is, though. But it's my opinion that if you ain't got your money right, you need to be you don't need to be trying to, you know, navigate no relationship. No way. You need to be going to get your money right, especially if you're a dude and talking about, you know, getting a woman to you know, put babies in her and have a family. You definitely need to get your money right. And if, if you're a woman out here, you need to be getting your money right before you worrying about you out here all over social media talking about when a man going to come. Babe, you need you need a degree and you need another zero on your annual income. You need some money. You can't nurture no no uh, long distance relationship broke. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10 and 19, a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry, but money answereth all things. Money answereth all things. If, if Lisa by chance were living in uh, Canada and, and I'm living here in the U.S. down in the south, it ain't no problem for me to catch a plane whenever I feel like going to see uh, uh, Lisa and go and, and check out my, see what's going on with my woman. It ain't no problem for Lisa to catch a plane and come down to see about me if that were the case. There have been times that I've been out of town and I had no clue that Lisa was going to come and be with me. That's when I was traveling a lot. We would be away from one another quite a bit. And there were occasions where I, I look up and I hear a knock at the door. I'm thinking it's the, the maid or somebody. There it is, my wife coming in. Well, how you do that? You got to have some money. You, 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 you cannot nurture. I mean, you, know, you can't fully nurture a long distance relationship broke. And while you're not with that person, you need to be definitely working on getting your money up. Getting your money up. So some imperatives. Um, imperatives for long distance dating. Master communication. Your money needs to be right. Number three, use your social media as an accountability tool. If you're on social media, use your social media as an accountability tool for your significant other. In other words, live your life in a way that your, your significant other can, you know, see what's going on with you. Um, can follow your timeline. Now, if you got somebody that's stalking you like that and needs all of this, you probably got somebody that's too needy. But I'm a firm believer in terms of relationships, being accountable before anybody demands you to be accountable. That's the way I live my life with my wife. You know, my wife never asked me to have access to my stuff. I gave her access to my stuff before she had to ask it. She she has many times I forget my passcode and all this kind of stuff to to my uh, email, social media, and all of that stuff. And I have to go to what, what's the passcode? Well, I I voluntarily made myself accountable. How much more should we create a lifestyle if we are um, separate and apart by 
many, 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 many miles, and if we're both on social media, that my social media lines up with what I'm telling you. Use your social media as an accountability tool. I hope I'm making sense with that point. I don't know if I'm communicating it well enough. But, but use it to, to vouch for everything you're saying. Let your life be, you know, you, you know, don't have, don't say, well, we're exclusive, we're in a relationship, and then on your social profile, you know, there's no reference to uh, your being in a relationship. There's no, there are no pictures of your significant other that lives in another state or another country. You know, allow your social media to be your, at least to be a tool of accountability. Philippians 2 and 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul says, you've been consistent when I've been around, and you've been consistent when, I, when I've been absent. Well, use your social media to attest to the fact that, that you're consistent, that you are, you are faithful when they're present, you're faithful when they're not. And then, uh, let's see, number four, make regular visits. Going back to the point number two, where you got to have some money. Make regular visits. I know you're separated by distance, but, you know, to whatever extent you can, some people's jobs prevent them from making uh, the kinds of visits that they'd like to make. But you ought to make as many visits as you possibly can. You know, uh, you need to talk all the time, but then you need to make regular visits. If you really love someone, it shouldn't be a whole year that goes by you haven't seen the person. No, indeed not. If you're in a position, you should be trying to see one another at least once a quarter. If you're in a real good position and you can call your own shots like that once a month at least, you know, you know, depending on your particular situation. But you got to make regular visits to, to, you know, to put in the effort of flying or driving or whatever you may do to go to see one another what does it do it strengthens the bond and it makes your makes your partner feel valued and important to you now here's here's a text that's really for married people but the principle applies even to those that are um, you know, maybe in long distance relationships and trying to work on something. It says in 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, defraud ye not one and one the other except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. What he's talking here, talking about here is married people not depriving one another of sexual connection. And he says the reason you need to come together in, in, is because you don't want the devil to tempt you for, you know, weaknesses of the flesh. Well, if you take that principle and just kind of move it over a little bit and apply it to this situation, where we're talking about long-distance relationships, we're not necessarily talking about the sexual component as much as we're talking about the fellowship component. That, you know, there, there comes a time when you just need to be present. Because you don't want to give, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 27, neither give place to the devil. There's a time that I just need to be present. As you talk to your significant other, you'll know when those times are. 
that you need to use those points and get on a plane and go and see about them and let them see you, let them feel you, let them, you know, have a physical uh, manifestation of you. But you got to make regular visits, as regular as you possibly can. And then number five, I only have six. When it's time, the, these are imperatives. When it's time, introduce each other to your family and, and your respective circles. You know, you've talked a while, you realize you've defined this thing as being exclusive and a relationship going somewhere. Now it's time for him to know your family and your friends and for you to know his family uh, and his friends. And why is that important? That's important because when you bring the family and the friends into the situation, you know, of course, hoping that you have a healthy family and, and friendship situation. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes, you, you, you know, you, it may be better to leave these people out of your situation. But all things being equal, you have some healthy people you're surrounded by. This reinforces the legitimacy of the relationship, even though it's distanced. When your friends are constantly asking about and commenting about your partner, when your family is asking you, how's so-and-so doing? How are things going with you all? And your, your significant other begins to develop relationships with your friends and now your friends become mutual and your significant other becomes connected to your family, though you're separated by distance. It simply reinforces the legitimacy of the relationship. And then number six and finally, if it's real, if it's real, if this long distance relationship is real, you must create a long term plan for being together. A long distance relationship is not designed to be for life. If we are really connecting and vibing out like this, we have to sit down and we have to map out now how, how are our paths going to intersect? How are we going to become um, one not only in, a, in a, an emotional sense but physically? How are we going to be in the same place? How are we going to, how, is this leading to marriage? Where are we going to live? What, what is our life going to look like? Whose career is easier to, you know, these kinds of questions. You have to create a vision for the future of the relationship. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. There has to be a vision for your long-term relationship to bring us together, put us in the same geographical space and place. Now, these are just some thoughts that I had, and I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you've gotten something out of this because I, I've certainly enjoyed teaching it. May I pray for you today? May I pray for you today? I know that there are many of you that are dealing with... Um, you know, something um, similar to this, if not this specifically, or even with other things. I, I would just love to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for um, the ability to communicate with so many of your sons and daughters. And now, God, my prayer is that you will allow the wisdom that I have communicated by the guidance of your spirit 
to soak into their hearts and give them answers to questions. And God, for every person that is struggling in, you know, a situation, give them clarity. If they need to come out of it, God, I thank you for giving them the strength to come out of it. They need to work through it. Give them the wisdom to work through it. And I ask you to bless them all. Meet them all at the point of their need. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Now listen, don't forget to, um, to go to check out the link for BetterHelp Counseling in, in the description. Uh, check out the link for BetterHelp Counseling. If you engage the link, it will afford you 10% off of their counseling. And um, they in turn will make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries for the referral and uh, you get 10% off of the cost of counseling if you use the link in the description. Don't forget to go to Amazon, pick up any or all of my books. Uh, check out, uh, go to rcblakes.com, check out all of my online programs, sign up for my mailing list while you're there. And um, just know that Lisa and I love you. I want to thank all of you who have sown into uh, the ministry we just so appreciate you and we thank God for you. We really, really do. You are so special to us and uh, we are so appreciative for every one of you. And now uh, on behalf of Lisa and myself, I want to say to you, you are on top and you're going higher. God is more in store for you. So guess what? We will see you at the top. God bless you. Until next time, I'm R.C. Blakes. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top.